You are now listening to the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Somebody say oh my and give them dog six. Sons, did you miss us? Did you think we were never coming back? Because if you did, we totally understand. Hunter Abercrombie along the way with Mr. TJ Vickers. What up, Vic? Last episode maybe of the year. <laughs> it's definitely the last episode <laughs> of the year. At, at, at this point, right? Of 22 for sure. Yeah. <laughs> of 22 for sure. So yeah, so we're back with you. And uh, sorry for not being here for you the last three weeks. Had some things that... I guess out of our control. Out yeah. Out of our control. Yeah. Had, had some things come up that was pretty unfortunate, so I appreciate everyone that reached out to me and just checked in on with me and my family with everything that we've been going through. So certainly appreciate that. Had some time off then. Just didn't really have things lined up for us. That no, worked out. Then the week after, after that, you got sick. Yeah. Yeah. Then the week after that, I couldn't do Monday, Tuesday. You went out of town. Yeah. The yeah. rest of the week, and so and, here we are, and, man. And We're doing we what are. we can. Here we are, what seems like 40 days later. But within this 40-day window, we have found ourselves a new sponsor, Hunter. Who is that? It is Edward Jones Investments. That's right. And call them at 364-3699. We know a guy. We do know a guy out there at Edward Jones Investments. You know, don't don't say something that's why I sent you because that will get you no favors. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Just try. I don't Just, know. you know, like the guy that intercepted Tom Brady then asked him to sign the ball and his post game quote afterwards was, all I can do is tell me no. That's right. I mean, maybe Edward Jones has that same kind of philosophy. All I can do is tell you no, but hey. They, they do not. The The philosophy is telling you yes. All right. There we go. Call, there we go. If you call, it will be so, a yes. Edward Jones Investment 364-3699 is this week's sponsor. We know a guy. So thank you, Edward Jones Investments. That's right. And that's thank you right. for sticking with us. <laughs> if you are still here, just know that we appreciate it. Yes, exactly. more than anything. And so last we spoke, it has been this long. Last we spoke, the Bulldogs were football team was coming off a victory over West Florida in the playoffs. We were getting ready for Florida High. Again, TJ and I had all intents and purposes. We had all plans to yeah. to get us ready for that week and um, did not come to fruition. But in any event, the Bulldogs went over to Tallahassee and were defeated. But again, you know, hard to complain about this year. I think the final was, was it 38 to 13? Yeah, 38 13. Yep. And so 38 to 13, uh, Florida High went on to defeat Bishop Vero in the state semifinals and ultimately fell in the state championship game to Coco High School. In, in overtime, too. In correct. overtime. Yeah. 38 to 31 in overtime. A really, really good game and uh, fumbled in overtime. Coco scored. Florida High then fumbled and that sealed the game. Coco had come off a win over Bradford, who we saw. Yep. And so I think the general consensus um, among the staff and those who who saw it was, you know, we were right there as far as being uh, just as talented because obviously we beat Bradford. Mm -hmm. Bradford went to the Final Four. They had a great game with Coco and really, according to some coaches who were there, had really seized the momentum. They were down 24-21. to They take the kickoff back to the forty. Feeling really good. They just come off a, a touchdown drive and then fumble. And so Coco was able to bleed out the clock, ultimately punch it in late and won 31 to 21. And so say all that to say, man, we were right there. And yeah. I really, I think the new 
setup for the playoffs and the classifications for football really did well, at least mm-hmm. as far as we're concerned with the Suburban this year. Sure. The Metro still has to be played, but with the Suburban, it really worked out good because you had two really good football teams. You had a good Final Four full of public schools, which is, I think, what everybody's been wanting. Yeah, you know, public schools and close and competitive games for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you yes. look at it and maybe there was a few round one, maybe some round two matchups that were a little skewed one way or the other, but... Man, like you said, Hunter, for the most part, we had really close games. I mean, even looking back at the Walton score, it was 39-15. That could have easily been a running clock game, or that could have very easily been a one-score win right. for us, you know, the way that that went back and forth a little bit once we kind of got ourselves out ahead. But, yeah, this was a, a team that I think you and I both admitted to it. We didn't expect this kind of success, no. especially after, you know, like you just said, Coach Barcy said, who who starts one and three and then, you know, ten and two or whatever <laughs> it was that we ended up being. Uh, you know, that so – this this team proved a lot, and, and over the course of the year, you saw Coach JJ and his impact that he had on Tillotson, and really starting to understand each other better for the offense. And you know, Tillotson's going to be gone, and we're going to be missing some other seniors as well. Mm-hmm. But the, it's not like we're the cover's going to be totally bare with with all these seniors leaving. There's going to be plenty of guys that are going to be able to fill up and and step into some roles, and we'll see what some of the younger guys are able to accomplish as well. Yeah, I talked to Coach Hall a little while back. Really, I think it was right after the Walton game or right before the Walton game. And we were talking about this season and, and how everything had played out. And he had told me that he has a quote from Coach Bowden that's on his computer. And it's something to the effect of, you know, to have the season you want to have, sometimes things have to happen that you can't explain. And I think that was a good uh, synopsis of this year's yeah, team. Yeah, I think that's some some bounces went our way, some injury luck went our way, which maybe last year didn't. Yep. And you ended up having this great season, and and I'd said it before, what a fun season it was for the community to have the Bulldogs back. When the Bulldogs, when Bulldog football is good, it just seems like the whole town's good. Yeah. And it makes everything better. <laughs> when it was when I first became athletic director in 2010, I used to tell people. We were really good at everything else. We had a great, sure. so, great soccer teams. We were really good in basketball. We were good in baseball, but we were not good in football. And so nobody cared about anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And th- so you can be bad at everything else, but as long as football is good, everybody thinks you have the best athletic department Absolutely. in the country. Absolutely. But and so it is. It's fun. And and like you said, I think as the season went on and JJ. And, and Bronson, you know, continued to evolve and understand what each other wanted to do. That was obviously big. Not only that, just, just guys stepping up and certainly want to recognize the seniors. I was thinking about it the other day. You know, the Lake City Reporter does their, their all-area team, and last year we struggled to put anybody on that all-area yeah. team. And not to plug too much or try to sway anything, but to me, looking at the teams who are included in that, it's just the four or five teams around us locally – you know who who's going to win a player of the year award over Jay Smith? I, I think that's who's, fair. Who's going to? You know, we, we're going to have first team guys all over the place mm-hmm. on defense. Brandon Robinson, I would assume, is going to be on yeah. there. Bronson, the season he had, sure. Quavy, Cody season, Lang, Cody just, Lang, yeah. And so you could say all that to say, as we do look forward, number one, we want to really appreciate the season we had. But like you said, what's encouraging to me is. Later in the year, the guys that really grew up, I think. Absolutely. Quavy was good all year, but got better as the year went. MJ Rosen stepping up later in the year at receiver. Cody having the impact he did. 
And so that's going to, I'll bring up another point with that here in a few minutes. Uh, P.J. Davis, just solid as they come at cornerback. You don't hear a lot about P.J. because he just does his job. And that's what you would think a corner. You yeah, know, you, you don't want to hear a name yeah, be called exactly. a lot but for yeah, the most I part. mean, he had the big pick six against yeah. North Marion and then comes back the next week, pick six against Santa Fe. And so you look at, at what's coming back, and it's very encouraging. I think the fun thing this year, not the fun thing, but the the comforting thing this year was we didn't have to worry about a quarterback competition or a quarterback controversy or anything like that. Yeah. Now next year, what does that look like? Because yep. you have a young guy that was a freshman this year in Powers who in the opportunities he got, I like the way he moves around. Um, but, you, you know, you're not – he's not playing with the one, so it's hard to tell. Or what do you do with Cody Lang? Because Cody Lang last year competed with Bronson for that job. But Cody Lang is so valuable and so versatile – Mm-hmm. Do you want to take Cody Lang away from free safety mm-hmm. to play because sure. you need him healthy at quarterback? Do you sure. want to take him away from receiver? Then you have a freshman coming next year. You actually have a couple freshmen, but you have a freshman coming in Coy Fryer. And I know ideally in a perfect world, you really don't want to throw a freshman out there. Yeah. But there will be – I say all that to say there's going to be a competition. Yeah, um, absolutely. Of, of some sort. You know, nobody's being handed the keys, I wouldn't assume. Coach Hall may have something in mind already that he wants to do. But mm-hmm. – but, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting at the quarterback position. Now, the good news for that quarterback is that he's going to bring back Quavy as a senior. He's going to have MJ. He's going to have Cody. He's going to have Logan Brooks. He's going to have um, Christian Sakaris. He's going to have yep. these pieces. And I think, I don't know, a, a ton of the line, a lot of the line comes back as well. Yeah, I think what, Zia was a senior. Zia was a senior. Yeah. Taylor Johns was a senior. And I, I that's the but two Jadarius for sure. Jadarius Cherry you're going to bring back. Yeah. And Harold, I think, will be back. Yeah, I wish I had the roster here in front of me, but yeah. I, I didn't think. So anyway. But yeah, there, there's, like like you said, there's, there's going to be guys that are And you've left. got the freshmen who are going to be sophomores, and a lot of them are going to step into more prominent roles because they can play. I mean, we saw Lou Jack Smith get some run at running back. Yeah. He's a guy that can spell. Now, you're going to have to replace, but we've said it every year, you're going to have to replace Brandon Robinson in the middle, and um, what a job he did this year. But somebody's going to have to fill that void. But I think Clay Starling's a guy that's capable sure. of filling that void. You're going to have to replace DJ Coleman. You're going to have to replace – I mean, Jay Smith. I mean, you're going to have to replace Jay Smith. And I don't – you can't replace Jay Smith, but you're going to have to – Try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to figure some things out. Which, that's a guy, Jay is so athletic and just does things. You know, I mean, he, like I said, Jay is a guy to me who, who should be right there in the player of the year discussion for the area. But, yeah, I don't know. You just can't replace the explosives. But I think Cody's a guy that can, that's not going to be afraid to take that role if he's, mm. if that's where he's playing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think Cody is just too valuable everywhere else to potentially see him play quarterback. Now, I do maybe see him do some wildcat looks or something a little bit more just behind center yeah. more next year as opposed to what we've had this past year. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Uh, like you said, this time, basically last year, if you talk to Coach Hall, he had already made a decision. Hey, we're riding out with Tillotson, Cody. We're yeah. going to use you as a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy, and we're going to you know put you on defense a lot more. And clearly that worked out very well. This year's going to be a lot different. Like you said, it's going to be a, a totally open competition. I, the way Cody is just a heat-seeking missile, as I refer to him on defense, he's just way too valuable out there. Now, a couple of years back, we did see Quez play quarterback, but then also play some safety mm-hmm. as well. When he had so, to. So w- 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 that was when he had to. I think Cody Lang is just too valuable of a piece to lose where 
every now and then you throw him back there at safety. Yes. And I, I just think I the think way that Cody to is too valuable for everywhere else, I don't know how much we'll see him at quarterback next year. Yeah, I think he has to play on defense, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing that's going to be interesting to me is do some guys who didn't play this year come back next year because of the success, because they say, hey, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because there were a few yeah. who didn't play this year who could help. So we'll see. But anyway, that kind of wraps us up for um, the football season. Again, congratulations to the dogs on a great year. Finish 10-3 and three, yep. um, overall. And so, man, just a really fun year and hopefully a harbinger of things to come, as they say. And yeah. We can run it back next year. We'll see what the schedule is. Spring ball will be here before we know it. But that'll the end of that wraps up our fall season and we move into the winter. And I'd be lying to you if I said we had all the information about the winter. I know that – you know, we have games this week, obviously, and then I know basketball is going to play over the break. Um, I'm not sure about soccer, but we will have an interview this week. Um, TJ will be talking to Cameron and Cooper Hall. They put on a great event every year after Christmas, and so he's going to be talking to them and um, get you all the information about that. It'll be out at Langford Stadium, a, a big soccer game that features the alumni and some other things, but don't want to uh, – don't want to what's the word you know spoil the lead I guess yeah, you could say yeah we'll we'll let them we'll let them tell the story themselves absolutely but definitely looking forward to that absolutely but and so winter sport wise um, basketball going on right now we've got soccer going on I will say this a team that we're going to be talking a lot about this year is going to be the wrestling team yeah because they are going to be sporty yes and they went and won a tournament I think last weekend they finished fifth or sixth at the at the border wars tournament out at South Walton who um, Travis Laxton is their head coach, who we all know. and But they were the highest-placing Florida team. And mm-hmm. this year, I think, for the first time in a long time, we're going to have a full lineup. Yes. And that is huge because yes. we haven't had that in a long time. And I had this conversation with someone at the girls' weightlifting event against Baker, which we won. <laughs> Go dogs. And that – because when you have a full lineup, a lot of teams don't. So if you yeah. just – if you have a heavyweight on your roster who's going to wrestle at districts, a lot of times there's automatic points because there's only four or five of them, so you're going to place up there and you're going yeah, to get points. you're going to get those points. And, and so I'm very excited. And not only do we – it's not only that we have a full lineup. We have a quality lineup. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We have so many guys back that qualified for state last year. And we've got Jolliker, Eli Jolliker, uh, Brady Bean, uh, McKinney, Austin McKinney. Um, Howard, Austin Howard. We got uh, Aiden Kirby. We've got a lot of guys, man. Sure. It's going to be a fun year. And I, I'm leaving people out, but we'll talk more about that. And hopefully, we'll have Coach Wainwright on to talk more about the wrestling team, especially before the Sailor. If you, I say it every year. Well, how many years have we been? This is our third year. This is our third this? year. Yeah. It's crazy. How about that? If you've never been to the Billy Sailor tournament, you really need to go because it's a lot of fun and um, it's a great event that we put on. And so. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and, and like you were saying, Hunter, you know, it, it's not just having a guy fit in a weight class and maybe get some points because another team has to forfeit or something. We have competent guys in each yeah. one of the groups. And that's something that Coach Wainwright, who, you know, is a brother-in-law of mine, so we, we get a chance to talk every now and then. And he, he has been very excited about this team really even a couple years ago. You know, he was like he kind of had his eye on this being the year that it all kind of comes together. You know, you're kind of building a program. You're getting that tradition back to what we know it to be that was Swanee Wrestling back in the day. And it, it doesn't happen overnight. And he's building the club. He's building the program back to the standard that we set in the 90s. 
and he feels very comfortable right now to finally be able to say, this is it. This this might mm-hmm. be the year that we go for it. Because a couple of years ago, you talk to him and you say, man, you know, we, we got a couple quality kids here and there, but that we, we don't have what we need to have to truly compete. This year, talking about it, he, he's been very bullish on on his expectations this year. So I, I'm I very excited. I think he should be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He should be. He's got a really good group and a really deep group. You know, I bury the lead. That's the term I was looking for, not spoil the lead. Bury yeah. it. Don't want to bury the lead. So speaking of burying the lead, we did because we did not say at the top of the program, man, RIP to the pirate, dude. Mike yeah. Leach. God, yeah, man. Awful. I know. I love Mike Leach. And I thought of something today, and I put a – I shared something of his, you know, leakisms, a video that somebody posted. It's been really fun to read over the last couple of days. Not – I shouldn't – that's a terrible word for this. But since he had his heart attack and was in the hospital, people sharing stories of things that he did or things that he mm-hmm. – you know, things he said. And I wish – it got me like – Man, I wish people, I wish, almost wish these sports writers could like pick a coach every week or every month to tell those kind of stories about mm-hmm. while the guy's still alive. Yeah, give so him the flowers while he can still be there. Yeah. Because it, it really is. I mean, it's just funny. And Mike Leach, he's such, we, I think a lot of times now in college football, we complain about coaches being kind of vanilla because they don't want to say anything controversial sure. or they don't want to say anything that could get them in trouble. And so he's out, he just doesn't give a crap. No, <laughs> he just so, lets it fly for better or for worse. That, it's, it's gotten yeah. in some hot water every now and then, but for the most part, he's so harmless and doesn't mean anything by it. For the most part, that it's okay that you you don't want to say necessarily you overlook it, but yeah. it's just it's Mike Leach being Mike Leach. I think my favorite story. So there's a couple of my favorites. I love the there was the reporter, and I think it was the same one over and over. She'd always ask him some random question after the game yeah. like coach what's your favorite halloween candy he'd go into a rant yeah or coach i'm getting married oh if you're getting married that, that was gonna be, that's the one i want to talk about yeah. <laughs> yeah that was great but my favorite story i read the last couple of days was um lincoln riley the coach at usc said he was working for mike leach and he was doing his you know lincoln riley had his head down he's doing his thing and somebody called mike leach on his flip phone and he said he started talking to him and he said a short conversation with coach leach is like an hour mm. so he's talking to him and he doesn't know what all they're talking about, but somehow the call drops. And so Leach closes his flip phone, opens it back up, calls the number back, talks for another, like, 20 minutes, and hangs up. And um, also, or Lincoln Riley said, Coach, who was that? He's like, oh, some guy had the wrong number. I don't know. He's like, you just talked to this guy for, like, 40 minutes, and it was just some wrong That's number great. call. <laughs> That's yeah, that that sounds like Mike Leach. Yeah, it was just funny. And so, man, I hated I hated to see that because – he was just so good for the game. You just never just totally knew. unexpected too. Yeah, you know, just I mean, what 61, 62 years 61. old. Sixty one. You know, so that sixty one. That that that's fleeting, that's awful. man. Life yeah. is fleeting. There is no doubt. No, and like you said, Hunter, the the wedding one. So it was an SEC network reporter, Alyssa Lang, yeah, who went to University of Florida around the same time that I was there. So I never, I never really knew her, but I knew her fiance, Trevor Sycama, who mm-hmm. is the one that he's he's referring to. So Alyssa Lang asked Coach Leach, "If you guys haven't seen it, you guys gotta look it up." But something to the effect of, "Hey, I'm getting married. Do you have advice for me?" And then he's like, oh, you got to elope. What's your husband's name? And she says, Trevor. So he, he just goes on and on and on. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, there's got to be a shot clock for these <laughs> post-game interviews. Because all these games, they're like, okay, well, now we're going to take you to kickoff of the 4 o'clock yeah, start. Yeah. The seven, you know, whatever it is. And, and Leach is just going on and on and on. And you 
better not cut him off. No, for the love can't. of God, you cannot cut him off because that's just absolute gold. But yeah, the wedding advice one with with Alyssa talking about Trevor that that one was just so good, and it was funny to me because like I know Trevor and and the way that he was talking about doing this, and I'm like, yeah, I think Trevor would be okay with that, you know. <laughs> but 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 he every time he was near a microphone, whenever he got the job, um, or maybe it wasn't when he got the job with Mississippi State, but at one point in time he was asking. The, the different conference mascots, which one would oh, win, yeah. like, in a battle in royale. A battle royale. Yeah, yeah. And, and he starts going on and on. Well, we got to make sure we know what the, the Sun Devils got or you know, whatever. <laughs> and he's, he was just so good. And it, it's it's so unfortunate to see, you know, anyone like that pass away. But yeah. just someone like that that was so it charismatic. Is. And, and think about the career that Gardner Minshew has had. Mm-hmm. Probably single-handedly because of him. Man, the air raid. I mean, he brought in the air raid and with – all those guys with you remember guys that you shouldn't remember because of the stats he put up. Absolutely, the, the Graham Harrell and yeah. uh, Cliff Kingsbury yeah. played for him. Yeah, and so you know a lot. He was an assistant coach at Valdosta State. A lot. Yeah, now that was one thing that. I was going to bring up. I I forgot about that. Well, so right. was Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart. Yes, all of them have, have been through Valdosta. Yeah, you know, that's a pretty solid program. Yeah. And, oh, there's and no look, doubt. Look, look at the the pipeline that they've created. Well, but. There was a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but there were people when Florida State fired Willie Taggart that wanted Mike Leach to be hired. Yeah. You know, so. But luckily, uh, we went with Mike Norvell. And speaking of that, boy, boy, my, how the tables have turned. My, my, the turntables. I I guess so. Yeah, I mean, you you guys. Good game there Thanksgiving week. Yeah, it was. It was. It's certainly, you know, the the 10-point spread was just laughable. Yeah. I I didn't think, you know, there there was any deserving of a 10-point spread. Florida hung tough for what it's worth you know not here to say anything about that but yeah i mean it was it was about as what i thought would go florida no defense being able to stop each other at all quarterbacks just making mm-hmm. incredible plays left and right and florida messed that, up in the third quarter because they quit running the ball for some that and, and that's the that's the one thing i will say as far as billy still maybe trying to find his way at this high of a level of play calling because there isn't an offensive coordinator the the office coordinator has a has a title as Rob Sale to give him that extra bit of bonus yeah, to of for yes. to keep him in yeah, role. Like, but but we don't have a quarterback coach and we don't have an offensive play caller that is anybody other than Billy Napier, which kind of, which kind of was like Dan yes. Mullen back in the day as well. And you, you start to see that a lot with with some of these guys like you know Lincoln Riley or whoever else. But oh. he has had a tendency to kind of get away from what he does best, what we do best. We have, we've had one of the best offensive lines all year and Trevor Etienne. I mean, good luck trying to stop him yeah. for the next couple of years. Montreal Johnson, the guy that came over from Louisiana with them definitely proved his worth in the sec and, and they make a very capable one, two punch. And just like you said, Hunter just kind of got away from it. I mean, with all things considered, you know, you didn't have ventral mill the first half of that game. Mm-hmm. So if you would have told Florida fans, Hey, you're going to be up three, you're going to get the ball, and you're going to get Ventrell Miller to come back in that second half. I don't think I could have asked for anything more. Yeah. But there was just a, a little bit where he got away from the run game and a couple drops here and there from the receivers, which was on both ends uh, for Florida and for Florida oh, State. Yeah. Had drops everywhere. Um, and, yeah, you're down already down five receivers as it is, and you try to come out throwing the ball there in the, in the second half, and you kind of get away from it. But – I mean, all that to be said, you're driving down the field and you got a chance to – that that game was going to end either way. Yeah, I would, I, you know, you always gonna, say like – you always say like, oh, yeah, you have a chance to go down and tie the game. No, you have a, tie, right, you have a chance to go down there and, and win the game. I would have gone for two. And it, it was unfortunate. 
you know, I, I know Florida and Florida State fans, they go back and forth, you know, oh, well, that fourth down call, there was no way that was pass interference. I agree. There was no way that was fourth, uh, pass interference on fourth down. I think if you look at the play before, there was a lot of more of a call for pass interference. So you could say there should have never been that fourth down situation because it should have mm-hmm. been a first down for that third down. But uh, the fourth and whatever it was where the very obvious face mask mm-hmm. was missed, that I don't, I don't care what fan base you are. You mean to tell me you guys will be okay with <laughs> that is the reason why you don't get another chance to potentially win the ball game? You're going to lose your mind. Florida State fans are quick to say, oh, well, that fourth down play earlier, that wasn't pass interference, so we should have never got that point. I get it. I'm fine with that. A, a missed call doesn't need to have a makeup call. Right. I'm here for that. But don't sit there and tell me anything about that. You guys or any fan base would be furious that a blatant face mask like that was missed when the referee's sitting there looking at the quarterback and nobody else. Mm-hmm. And that's how you have the offense leave the field knowing that you lost the game because of that play. I didn't. Well, well not because of that. I no, hate no, saying no, that. No. Not because of that play. But knowing that was the last chance you got to win the game. I think and that play was. Because was, well, like, when I watched it live, I didn't see it either. But obviously you see it in replay. I think it's because um, what's it, Richardson like ducks his head. Yeah. I think that's why because you can't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know why he didn't call it. We were talking about. Well, he also doesn't turn around and beg for a call. No, that was. But if you've watched Florida football this year, he's just gotten used to getting beaten up. I don't think he has a lot of feel as far as that That, type of stuff goes. Absolutely, yeah. Kind of the sports IQ to sell things. Yeah. We talk about that generationally. How guys in the past maybe had a little better sports IQ than the guys today by being able to kind of see things before they happen and know how to react to Mm -hmm. get a call like that. God knows, in the, I did watch your uh, World Cup for a minute. I didn't get to see any of the USA games, but um, I watched, oh, who was it? The Brazil and uh, Croatia. Oh, if you watched, oh, if you watched Brazil, so you, you saw some great acting. Yeah. We were talking about the don't be that guy before, the, before we came on. The one, we were talking about missed calls. Did you see the call in the Georgia High School State Championship? Yeah. That's <laughs> an easy one. That guy. That's an easy one. I mean, my man's down at the one, and we're touched One and a half, I baby. Mean, it was you know, not good. nowhere closer to the goal line. But, yeah, so, yes. <clears throat> in, in any event, Florida State 9-3, Florida 6-6 six and six the next morning. Say what you will. Yeah. That, but the great news for us has been, since then, everybody's coming back. I mean, just, I mean, it's one after the other. And yeah. I, I wanted to bring this up, too. And you guys got a surprise, too. Destin Hill is able to enroll. <laughs> I believe that. I'll believe that when I see yeah, it. Yeah, Destin yeah. Hill is a Fugazi. This is yeah. like D.B. Cooper or yeah. whoever. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's like Eric Gilbert 2.0. Well, <laughs> the, the funny one for Florida State fans who are, remember from way back was there was a receiver named Deshaun Platt. And it was a situation like this where Deshaun Platt was a five-star or Callahan Bright was a five-star defensive tackle and neither of them ever showed up on campus, even though they signed. That's the uh-huh. new Destin Hill. But – we, we talked about it before how kind of I think the recruiting rankings now are less meaningful. They are less meaningful, but almost – you could almost just – you either need to count the transfer portal guys into that or just have – just kind of say, heck with it. Because you think about this. So Montrell Johnson was y'all's starting running back most of the year, correct? Once Him and yeah, Trevor Etienne. Yeah, yeah. Once, once they realized Naquan Wright wasn't, while, wasn't needing to be that lead back anymore. Yeah. Naquan Wright – Five-star Demarcus Bowman and former five-star Lorenzo yeah. Lingard sit on the bench. Now so Bowman can, was Bowman had already left. They're, they're, he left again. Yeah. He. Oh yeah. He. He wasn't. He was never on the team. He. he oh my he, gosh. Yeah. He left before. Well, I shouldn't say before, but he left very early into spring ball. Where's that guy? From uh, he transferred to UCF. Oh. Well. Had to sit a year out. 
Oh, how about that? Yeah. But from what well, what all the reports but all the reports I read was Mullen had kind of let a lot of players get away with a lot of things. Yeah. And Napier wasn't letting that some of that stuff, stuff slide, and he had a hard time adjusting. Hence Brenton Cox, hence Dewan Black. Hence. Yeah, yeah, those guys. Yeah, that, that's definitely the writing on the wall for gotcha. some of those guys. Speaking of, congratulations to the old doll, Mr. Joshua Braun, who will be going, going to Arkansas. the Arkansas Pig Suey. Yeah, kind of, kind of thought that would be where he ends up going. Mm-hmm. But no, I, and I liked your point that you were kind of going with Hunter with the the recruiting class thing because, yeah, I mean Florida State's recruiting class is. Nothing, not nothing, nothing good. to speak about. Nothing good. I think it's still like you got Hakeem Williams. I think it's still receiver. like the third best ACC class mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's just really no competition in the ACC. So I mean, you got Clemson, who's a pretty good recruiter. Miami's getting into the ball game. So you got two top ten, mm-hmm. potentially top five final classes with those two teams. But then a distant third is Florida State with a 17th or 18th class. Kind of depend upon how you go out. But, but I do like 24 seven. Once all these guys enter the portal, and so they show their high school ranking, but then they reassess them right through the portal. So, like Montreal Johnson would have maybe been like a four star, a, a potential three star coming out yeah, of high school, high but school. he was like a mid four star transfer kid. Mm-hmm. So I, I do, or I, I do like, yeah, yeah, I do like having to recalibrate that. So I know two four seven at the end of all this madness, they will figure out a way to say, okay, high school rankings, here's where you sit, include the portal, and then here's where you go, right, and. I think you have to. And well, I, the one thing, and I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to hear what Florida State fans have to say because maybe I'm looking at it too biased. I wonder how sustainable the transfer portal is to truly find sustainable guys. I feel like at a certain point in time, you have to have a good recruiting TJ, class. Well, you do to get. I think you do to win national titles. Yeah, are you but guys to okay? Rebuild. I mean, you guys stormed a field for beating a six and six Florida team that I you were a ten point favorite over, and you're going to the Cheese It Bowl. Here, so good for you no. guys. But are you guys okay with that? No, that's not the. Standard. So I mean, but that, the, saying that, that's the standard. Well, well, what I'm saying is that that is maybe what I'm kind of seeing as the ceiling. I mean, okay, if you want to hover around the 18th best class and get some transfer portal guys. Okay. I don't. I don't see much competition here's, coming here's, for here's the what ACC. I would say, here's what I would say to that. Number one, they've never let people on the field. So I think when a couple students went out there, and nobody stopped them. More students started going yeah. out there. So you didn't have. I mean, it, it was an fifty-year-old men. It was. It was. It was kind of. It wasn't like a storming. It was like a yeah. I mean, it, anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. I've heard three different justifications from Florida State fans. It it's matter. just all. Kind, it, doesn't it, it doesn't matter. That shouldn't have happened. It doesn't matter. If you're asking me, am I happy to be where we are right now? 100%. Coming from where we were, where Florida State was, to where they are now. Yeah. 100%. Your first winning season we in, had what, three fifth, or four years? Between first team, <laughs> second team, third team, and honorable mentions, we had 15 guys on all ACC. 11 of them were transfers. Yeah. 11. So, to answer your question, yes, as long as you can have mercenaries like Jermaine Johnson – or like Jared Verse, yeah. who are going to get their one year and get paid. But you also have Jamie Robinson. Jordan Travis is a transfer. Yeah. He's been there for four years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trey Benson, who, who, a lot of, yeah. who a lot of Florida State fans didn't think was a take mm-hmm. because he was coming off a knee injury, is just battering people. And then what, your six foot seven receiver, Johnny, Johnny Wilson. Wilson. I think he only got – I talked to one of my buddies who's a sports reporter over there in Tallahassee, and he said that they did an interview with Johnny Wilson. Yeah. They said Florida State and, and like Oregon, one other – Oregon yeah, State. One other Division One school called him. Reached him – reached out. Micah Pittman, who is <clears throat> integral to the offense and the special teams, that yeah. improved immensely because he's returning punts instead of people who won't catch the ball. Yeah. The blocking, the things like that, the mindset, yeah, Dylan Gibbons, first team All ACC, and getting the Warfel Trophy. How about that? Yeah, ironic. 
so yeah, to answer your question, is it sustainable? I think it, I think you have to have a few of those guys every year unless you are Georgia or Ohio State or Alabama right now. Or even Clemson. Yeah, yeah. Well Dabo Dabo he hates I think the that foundation's portal. cracking. Yeah, I agree. I see some cracks in the foundation. I now Klubnik may be the answer at he'll he'll help fix that. Instead so. of Hoodalali yeah. who is one of the eleven hundred kids on the portal right now? Yeah. Wow, that's a whole other situation. But you think about it since the since it ended. So Travis come back, Benson's coming back, uh, Tatum Bethune's coming back. All these guys coming back. You get Jaheim Bell yesterday. From that was going to be the South one thing Carolina. I would say. Yeah, that that's a very you good get out of the portal. In. You get Daryl Jackson, the defensive tackle from, from Miami, Miami yeah. who's a starter. So I mean, yeah, I'm. I think you have to until you get to a place where, like you're saying, you're getting multiple. Five star guys, multiple high four stars, where you have high four stars and five stars backing up other five right. stars, and that's fine. And I agree with you that those those guys are filling in. But this is year three of Mike Norvell. Mm-hmm. You would have hoped. I don't know. In my opinion, I would hope that Billy Napier season three has a higher recruiting class than eighteen. Now again, we're talking just mm-hmm. high school kids, but. I don't know. Like, but you, but the transfer portal, you, you kids are about, entering the portal younger than they ever have been before. Like, it used to just be yeah, a graduate transfer matter. kid. Or, like, you might get two years out of a kid. Okay. Now, Micah Pittman, who was buried at the roster at Oregon mm-hmm. and then saw an immediate playing time need at Florida State mm-hmm. and just transferred there. Because Micah Pittman, whenever – He was a high four-star. Whenever – yeah, because I remember his name because he – part of the reason why he said he didn't want to go to Florida is because there were so many receivers already there. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt it. Okay, let's think about this. Who had the number one recruiting class last year? Was that that would have been Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Yeah. How many of them are still there? Yeah. So does that, it really but, matter? Well, that, I think now we're getting into the whole four, NIL. Four now, or five of their five-star freshmen are gone. Now we're getting into the whole NIL, NIL. situation, so too. So that's why Florida State has all these guys coming back because there's a new collective over there called um, Battles In. Yeah. That is all about – so you've got Rising Spear, which is hooking them up with businesses. Yeah. Without the university knowing anything, obviously, because that's not allowed in Florida, which is stupid. Yeah. But you have battles in, but they know <laughs> all about roster retention, and so and that's what the NIL seeing, is supposed to be about. You're seeing really. the fruits of that, and so to and finally your a question, good season. That's the reason why I think this collective finally popped up. As a Florida State fan, Mike Norvell and his staff, I am not going to question them in the portal because they are hitting a high average. And I, yeah, I wouldn't question them in the portal. I just wonder how sustainable could that be over a course of time? Because if 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 I'm in year three of a of a coach. And he's only getting the 18th best class for high school kids. If I will feel Bell, some type of, some if, type of way if, about it. If they are as confident during the NC State game as they were at the end of the year with Ryan Fitzgerald, you don't throw that pass. You run the yeah. ball. You kick a field goal. Now you're ten and two. So yeah. is you have a chance to win ten games for the first time since Christ was a kid. Yeah. So yeah, I'm okay. I, I just I feel like this season kind of. It's going to be about where Mike Norvell's ceiling is at if something doesn't change a little Maybe. bit. I mean, because you could go – I mean, like, let's – like, whatever that school was, the Duquesne Dukes. Mm-hmm. They were, what, four and seven. You got LSU, which at the end of the year, that looks like a great win, but they mm-hmm. had a brand-new quarterback and I think yeah. two true freshmen yeah. on the offensive line. So you got that win. Yep. Uh, let's see, Louisville was seven and five. You beat yep. a Boston College team that was three and nine. Georgia Tech, five and seven. You beat a Miami Hurricane, five and 17. 
Syracuse on the way down. Miami, but once again, off-season champions. Though. Oh, and, off-season and they, champions they, they are right now. Raging Cajun 6-6, six and six, Florida 6-6. Six and six. So yeah. if, if you look at a season to go potentially get double-digit wins, and I don't know how in the world you guys are going to face a 6-6 six and six Oklahoma team. I mean, this, this was a hand-picked season to have a 10-win season for you guys. If it wasn't going to happen this year – I don't think it would have happened at all. But it did. But you, the, everything, <laughs> it could. everything broke favorably for you guys, and I'm glad you all are happy because yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with where Florida's at. You know, really? So, happy with that loss to Vandy? No. no I'm happy where the program <laughs> is headed. I'm happy where the program is headed. So I'm, would you a, say a loss so at this point, or, So at this point in your mind, and I mean I know we're comparing apples to not quite apples yet, at this point in your mind, as a Florida fan, you were more confident that Billy Napier has a chance to be elite than Mike Norvell has a chance to be elite. I think so. Because Based on, on what? Well, I, I, again, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but it's, it's year three. Yes. So Mike Norvell coming but from – But again, that, we're talking about well, listen, factor in the transfer on. portal. Okay, and that's fine. And I think, Nor, or I think Napier's doing work in the portal as well. But Norvell – Napier's kind of in a similar spot that Norvell was in. Okay, you come from But Memphis. not as bad. You, you cannot you, be you, as bad as it was after Jimbo quit recruiting and Willie was a dumpster fire. I mean, my, my man just got fired from Florida. But Mullen. Mullen was a little bit of both. Mullen but never saying, recruited, I quit recruiting, and the, just. I wouldn't put the talent deficiency at Florida as the, at the level the talent deficiency. We were starting guys who I'm not sure would, would be on the team at this point at Florida State if they were still there. I mean, okay, so if, if you look at the depth chart these last couple of weeks because of the transfer portal, because some guys <coughs> left, and then the, the retention of the roster, mm-hmm. we, we could have that same conversation. But I, <laughs> but you asked me a question, and you keep cutting me off. I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry. Right, I'm so, like the uh, Skip Bayless to your Shannon Sharp. Exactly. Right all right, so Mike Norvell came from Memphis to Florida State. There's, diff- there's levels to it. So you kind of have to build your namesake and some, I don't know, just – the word slipping from me like right now, like you did earlier with Barry and the league, but <laughs> you know, you're recruiting a different breed of athletes, what I'm getting gotcha. at. Okay. So like, so year three of Mike Norvell, you kind of start seeing some of the things that he could put together. So you would hope that the recruiting class would be a little bit higher. Billy Napier is getting his first shot at recruiting some of these bigger name kids because he's coming from Louisiana to Florida, similar to how Norvell came from Memphis to Florida state. Napier's already got like a top 10 class mm-hmm. right now. And we got a chance to close out with some of the kids where anywhere between 12 to 7, I could see that. Very, and that's just high school rankings, not, not considering some of the kids from, from the transfer portal. So I think come year three of Billy Napier, where he's had a chance to build a reputation, that's probably the word I should have used back then, a reputation with these higher end four and five star kids. There's, I mean, you could step outside Louisiana, throw a rock, and you would hit a five star kid, just like you can in Florida. None of them kids were going to come be a raging Cajun and go to the University of Louisiana, mm-hmm. but he could try to get them. But, of course, he wasn't going to get them, so he had to lower his standards to a certain breed of athlete and then make the most of them. Now he gets a chance to go and headhunt after those kids here at Florida. Didn't really – I mean, he, he won a couple big-name wins. Kamari Wilson was a big, na- mm-hmm. big one last year, the early sign of day period, stolen from Georgia. And now you kind of get a chance to see what he can do in a first full cycle – in a ever-changing NCAA with NIL. And I think for the most part, he's holding his own. He sold University of Florida on a plan on, on NIL, on recruiting, and changing the culture of the program. And I think you're starting to see that come together. So after one full year of Napier being here, I'm very excited to see his recruiting class. I really like the kids that you have there. You know, you have uh, – I'm on 247 right now. 
you have the 11th best class, but if you look at the the roster, like the score, like 92.7 or whatever the each prospect is, that's fifth in the nation. So the the 23 kids that he's got, he's gotten very good kids. And I think that's why I, I'm okay with where we're at right now because I still believe in the future. I lost to Vanderbilt and a fluky, stupid Anthony Richardson is going to be a mental midget every now and then kind of way. I'm okay with that. The Florida State loss to close the year, yeah, that would have been great to to wrap mm-hmm. the season up on a much higher note and continue to beat you guys. But I think here in a couple of years we could revisit this conversation and it could be Florida has won five of the last six versus Florida State. Here's what because I, would, I think the trajectory for Nate Pierre is going to continue up for Florida. Here's what I would tell you. Okay. I really like you brought up the word culture. The culture that Norvell and his staff have created is a very, very solid one in my opinion. So you brought up the recruiting rankings and all that. Where's Miami? Uh, right now they're eighth. Why would someone go to Miami right now? I mean, you, but you, you said the same thing a couple of years ago when, when, of, when Florida State was trying to recruit these kids. Come, come right now and play right away as a true okay. freshman. Get on the field. In front of who? Exactly, but, but there's nobody. So why would you go there? You'd go there because John Ruiz is passing out yeah. bags of money. Yeah. Money. And you're a guy with the bad facelift. What's the God bless it. Yeah, Hathcock. Hugh. Old Hugh so with the Lambo. You can't, in my opinion, you cannot talk about recruit. It's not about relationships anymore. It is, but it's not. Because if, it's if not I have as a great much. relationship. It's not as much as what it used to be. If I'm a five-star guy and I have a great relationship and I really like Mike Norvell and I'd love to come play for Florida State. Say I'm Cedric Baxter. Yeah. But Texas has this money yeah. over here that they're offering me. Yeah. I'm going to Texas. Yeah. And, no, so, and Florida fans, like with Cedric Baxter, like you could, Florida fans very easily believe he would be a Florida Gator if it, if it wasn't for NIL. Just maybe. Like, just like Florida State, it's like, well, I think he would be a Florida State Seminole if it wasn't for NIL. And, you know, that, that's just the new way we have to do that's this. That's my point. And yeah. so if we're 17th, we're 17th. I don't really care because half of these guys could be in the portal next year. Maybe you poach them there. Exactly. Because we're talking about today you're seeing Florida State try to set up a visit with five-star – former five-star Tony Grimes from North Carolina. So you didn't get him. Mm-hmm. So North mm-hmm. Carolina had a higher recruiting class than you, but now those guys are mm-hmm. gone. So is it really a higher recruiting class when we factor in everything for that? And, you know, part of it too, like I don't want to be a, a ranking slave or anything like that. It's because there, there was maybe a little bit of that that I had with Mullen where it's like, okay, yeah, but it's player development. It, right. it's, it's, it's fit. It's scheme. It's this and that. It's also fun to have four and five star guys sure. and then develop them and sure. scheme them. And, and so, so you can have it both ways. Sure. So, yeah, I'm not just going to sit here and say, oh, Florida's going to be better next year than Florida State because we have a potential top 10 class where Florida State has an 18th class mm-hmm. right now. Um, I, don't, I don't feel that way at all. And I don't want to be that guy or come across as that. I just still feel like, you know. You, I think Willie you, Taggart. If you got to get the guys wearing your colors and keep them from wearing the other team's colors. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing in the SEC. Right now we have the 11th best class. We're probably still 6th or 7th class right now in the SEC. Well, hopefully so we're sucks. in the SEC soon because we're in this poverty <laughs> conference that I can't stand. So, good talk today about the old Seminoles and the Gators. No, so I, but I, I know I'm people excited. came here for Swanee. But they got extra. But I think this is this is what they really want. Yeah, they got extra today. They they wanted because we we mostly for the part agree on everything with Swanee. We might vary here or there, but this is this is the fun part. Yeah. Of it, you know, we and we could talk about Florida Florida State. Your basketball team has won one game since the last time we met. Two. Yeah, they've won two this year. 
they, yeah. And, and so of they, course, one was the Mercer Bears. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was the one game that they and won. Louisville, who since hasn't then. won. Yeah. You know, you think about they were talking about it on uh, War Chant how three years ago Florida State had really had a chance to make a run in the tournament, and there was a top then, ten bah, COVID. Yeah, top yeah. ten contest Shut in Louisville down. where. Trent Forrest dunked over there, guy yeah. Jordan Warren, and the place went nuts. And that yeah. was two top ten teams, and now we're a combined two and eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> man, yeah. ah, hey, hi, caramba. Well, you got anything else? I'm all out now. Yeah, I, I did mean, my don't be that guy. Yeah, there was my, another one I was thinking of when we were talking about that, but I, or talking about all. Yeah, and, and I so this is a crowdsource nominee. So so you know. Don't blame, don't shoot the messenger, but I do agree with what they had to say. And I, I forgot about this one earlier. My don't be that guy was you. Oh. You there had the audacity to throw feces at the world's game, at the most beautiful sport there is to be played called the World Cup. And you have the audacity to come on here and want to talk about baseball and golf. Who do you think you are? When did so, I talk about golf? Whatever they do to Ryder's Cup. I love America, the Ryder's Cup. That. Dude, well, this is the, the same Cup thing. You can get behind America in I any sport. I was behind America. We scored three goals. Yeah, oh, yeah, we sucked that. Total. Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's three goals. What am I supposed to watch? It's just back and forth. I got to go. I'm leaving here to go over there to Swanee Parks and Rec and watch this stupid game. Watch my kids run around and do it. It's not and baseball course, season yet. Of course, whoever – I'm going to tell you my don't be that guy. It's whoever did the scheduling for practice – at Parks and Rec because I got a kid with Monday, Friday, and then my other kid has Tuesday, Thursday. So I'm going to spend four nights this week up there watching <laughs> soccer. And I'm going to do that until March. Yeah. Crap. But I, I, had, uh, I had some people text me and say, you know, hey, uh, an interesting don't be that guy would be how Hunter wants to talk about golf and baseball is a national pastime. You bite your tongue if you're going to come in here and try to slander. No, and, and like I said last game. time, it is definitely past its time. Uh, it is a national pastime. But mm. but yeah, so so that that was an interesting one for me. I was like, you know what? I hadn't thought about that. Like like you know like how like mm-hmm. when someone's like trying to hype you up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the more you they hear, got you going. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, you know what? That's a good one. Hunter does deserve this. Yeah, got you going. Now okay, you know I calmed down a little bit, but Bring I was it. like, you know yeah. what? But. He yeah. kind of he kind of could because you would text me after some USA games. You text me after the Wales game, and you're like, "Was this expected?" Yeah, and, I don't uh, know. I was like, you know, kind of. Yeah, they're the size of this room we're in, yeah, the country. Well, yeah, but they're yeah. they're going to tie us in soccer, beat us, or what? What did we do? We, we tied. tied. We tied. That's another thing. We can tie. Yeah, we're going to tie. We could tie. Good times. We can, we can tie in NFL football too. Yeah, I guess so. Whatever. Can't do that in baseball. Pleased to be joined this week by not only Cooper Hall, but Cameron Hall as well. Both of them are brothers and have a huge part to do with the Steve Claffey Memorial Game, and they are here to tell us all about it. Cooper, Cameron, thank you all for joining us. Yeah, man. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. So for those of you who don't know, Steve Claffey, he, he helped coach the middle school soccer team back in the day, and I'll let Cooper and Cameron kind of get more into the details, but... Even whenever I was in middle school, he was one of our assistant coaches and just was a really cool guy. Uh, you know, at middle school, that's a, a tough age group, and you're kind of finding your way through a lot of different life situations, and life presents a lot of different things to you. And I feel like he was very helpful for anyone who got a chance to meet him, and especially for that group of soccer players that we had. And for those of you who don't know, Cooper and Cameron, they're a couple years younger than me, so there was some overlapping within high school soccer when we got a chance to play together. So Steve Claffey passed away at 45 from colon cancer in 2013. And so behind Cooper and Cameron's efforts and some help as well from other community members, 
they have found at the Steve Claffey Memorial Soccer Game, and that will be Friday, December 30th at 2 p.m. So Cam Cooper and whoever wants to kind of take the lead on this one, just kind of tell a little bit of the story of Mr. Claffey, what he meant to you all, and kind of how this whole game got brought about. Yeah, Cooper, you want to take the lead on that, man? It was your idea about the inception of the game and everything, so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, hey, TJ, thanks, man, first and foremost for, you know, inviting us on here. So, you know, we can pretty much, you know, get the word out to, you know, anyone really who's listening and, you know, anyone who really wants to come out and, you know, kind of contribute, you know, to a great cause and really, you know, for a, for a great individual, you know, a great human being, uh, that being, you know, Coach Claffey, Coach Steve Claffey. Um, but, yeah, man, so, you know, the idea kind of came to me. Uh, you know, I, I was in the Army, uh, you know, essentially right out of high school, and, you know, Steve's, you know, his health was, you know, somewhat declining, but although, you know, him being the strong individual that he was, you know, he really didn't, you know, put that on the forefront generally. Uh, you know, he maintained a strong, stoic face like he always did, you know, throughout our, throughout our entire relationship, you know, with the team, you know, and really since the day we met him, you know, he was always that, that real stoic figure in everyone's life. Um, but yeah, man, so, you know, I, I, was in the, I was out in the Army, uh, out in Alaska, and really I was out field uh, out in the great wilderness and you know i didn't have my phone and you know i knew steve you know i knew he was kind of you know declining just a little bit uh you know more and more each day um but you know i was gone for about three weeks and then uh you know when i got back and you know i was finally you know able to get some reception uh, you know i had found out that i think cameron gave me a call and uh, you know he really kind of informed me that you know you know coach claffy had passed away uh, you know, and, and that really hit me kind of hard, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I think, like I said, I was out there for about 25 days and I think he, he passed probably day or day two or day three, uh, you know, me being out there. So, you know, by the time I, uh, you know, I was back in society and civilization, you know, he, he had already been, you know, he had already passed and really been laid to rest. Uh, so, you know, it was just kind of a shock to me, um, really, you know, cause I didn't get to say any goodbyes. So really, you know, over the past, you know, over that, you know, the next six, six to eight months, you know, prior to the first game, uh, you know, it was really just kind of like, you know, finding a way to try and you know, embrace, you know, all that was Steve Claffey and, you know, trying to find a way to, you know, continue, you know, that memory uh, from, you know, and, you know, just honoring his legacy, you know, because I didn't really get the, you know, the chance to say goodbye. So that's kind of really the, uh, you know, how it started and, uh, you know, Cameron and I, you know, Cameron really has been, you know, a huge, you know, an integral part and, you know, really maintaining it over the past couple of years. So, yeah, that's really how it got started, though. And that's kind of, you know, what kind of brought the idea upon it. Very good. Cameron, you got anything you want to add to that? Yeah, man, I think it's been a really cool and collaborative process. Coach Claffey definitely meant a lot to a lot of different people in a lot of different unique ways. I think that... I think he was always kind of like a, um, a safe space to go to, especially um, back in our early days when we had just um, uh, transitioned into the Swanee County school system. Um, he was always a safe, ba- uh, safe space to kind of come to and talk to, and he was a he was a good mentor that would you know kind of give you advice just outside of outside of soccer and sports, and would actually give you more life advice. Um, so he was always a good one to go to for very vague, uh, funny uh, metaphors. Um, to try to tie in what he was trying to insinuate to you um, via like a life lesson. So um, I think that having a unique opportunity to kind of um, kind of like acknowledge somebody, you know, after they've passed and to kind of immortalize them um, in a positive way for a, 
you know, for a, a very, you know, for very good benefits of, you know, of the community that he, you know, he contributed to. Um, I think that, you know, it's, it's a great way to honor him as, you know, as he's passed. So, yeah. And, and something that you guys both mentioned, you know, honoring him and his legacy and something that I think is, is so cool that, that you guys are able to do. And Cameron, you kind of just touched on it right there at the very end giving giving something back to the community that meant so much to him. So the Steve Clapping Memorial game, it, it's way more than just getting a bunch of former Swanee soccer players together to play, whether it's the current group of the varsity team for Swanee High School to now, gosh, I mean, it's grown even more and more. I mean, I remember participating in the first year where I think it was just a group of alumni versus varsity, where now we, we you know, we got other teams coming in to help compete and, and play in this tournament. But what the most important thing is is that there's there's money raised through this through this donation through this charitable effort and i'm I'm looking at the Facebook page here now, guys, so correct me if I'm saying anything incorrect. It looks like over six thousand dollars have been raised since the beginning of this tournament again, this is the seventh annual Steve Claffey Memorial game, so this will be the seventh year that this has happened. But what's so cool about it is the money stays within the community. It goes to former soccer players or former, not just soccer players in general, but, you know, f- former soccer players that, you know, had something happen with their daughter and was born. And, and that money was greatly helped, you know, to, to help them get to get started. But then also it goes out to, you know, a former 20 player who was injured in an automobile accident. And it's, it's really neat to see that we can all get together, honor him, raise some money and, and help, some uh, some other some other group of people, kind of with, with whatever life may throw their way. Yeah, for sure, man. I think that I think that, that was always the intent was to keep it keep it um you know to keep it close to home because you know I you know there's a lot of charities out there and you know and a lot of events that you know do contribute to international and you know state level um, charity and you know different types of organizations, but. Um, you know, we really prided ourselves on, you know, the ability to bring the community together to raise money for the community to then donate back to the community. So it's like it's really a cool, like, intercollaborative effort between us, the people we grew up with, people that we, we don't know, the younger years of the soccer players, um, different, you know, like this year we're getting Lake City involved. Um, so it's really just trying to really kind of uh, use soccer to foster, um, like, just intercollaboration between the different communities to donate, to donate back to the community. So. So I guess uh, Cooper, Cameron, whoever, you know, or both of you, tell me kind of how you guys got other communities involved. Like you, like you just mentioned, you know, uh, Columbia is going to be involved in it. And in the past, I believe we even had some teams come from Lake Park. So kind of what what is the process, go, what goes through everything, you know, setting the, the field up, getting ready to go on whatever day, and then getting participation within the, the Steve Claffey Memorial game? Yeah, man. Um, so, I mean, you know, TJ, uh, back in the day, right? Uh, my brother and I, we kind of kind of bounced around there for a little bit, <laughs> uh, you know, across the different school systems and whatnot. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, just the addition of, um, uh, you know, Columbia this year, right? I mean, we, we know we have a lot of touch points, you know, similar, similar to, you know, uh, yourself, right? So we have a lot of touch points within the, uh, you know, the Columbia community. Uh, we played there. Uh, I think during during our junior year, we played soccer there. And if I don't, if, I, if, I, if I'm not uh, mistaken, I'm pretty sure we got pretty we got beat pretty badly by the uh, Swanee Varsity uh, <laughs> soccer team that year when we uh, were playing for Columbia. Um, but no, I mean, in all seriousness, you know, it's just we we do have those touch points and those individuals, you know, and they and they they see the uh, 
they see the goodness, you know, that uh, the game offers. And, uh, you know, they're like us, right? They know that soccer is, you know, pretty much a holistic way for, you know, multiple different, you know, entity, entities and, you know, ethnicities and social classes to really just, you know, kind of get together and play a game that, you know, is simple, right? Um, so, you know, really, really, uh, you know, pulling in the Columbia uh, team this year was, you know, one of our main uh, focus points. Uh, we've been trying to do that, I think, for the last two years, uh, but just, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make sure everyone, you know, has their, uh, you know, their, their lives and schedules, you know, separate and, you know, they're able to attend has been, you know, a little bit of a struggle. Um, but, you know, our, our younger brother, Carson Hall, you know, he, he was at Columbia for, I think, you know, the last year and a half of his, uh, you know, high school uh, career. And he played there as well. So, you know, he's been a huge part in, you know, helping us, you know, recruit some of the, you know, the younger individuals, still alumni, still alumni, but, you know, help recruit some of those younger guys to, you know, come over and kind of, you know, keep that rivalry going uh, between uh, Columbia and Swanee. And Cameron, I know you uh, you were pretty much, uh, you know, the main staple point for, you know, pulling in the, uh, the, the Mayo squad. Um, so if you want to elaborate on that, man, because, you know, I didn't really have too much to do with that. Yeah, so uh, actually... I got pretty lucky um, when I will say, I think the, the biggest way that I made a connection um, through the Lake park and the, the mayor team that was uh, put together that played in the Lake park league was um, actually myself and Leo Torres, who's a, a former Swanee Bulldog as well, soccer player. Um, the day of Clappy's Memorial, um, we actually chose to go play in a tournament up in Lake park um, rather than attend the Memorial because we wondered more like what Coach Clafty would want. Like, would he want us, you know, being upset and honoring him in, and by attending the funeral or the arrangement, or would he rather us be out playing and honoring him in that way? Um, so Leo and I went to Lake Park and played in a tournament. And then, you know, Coach Freddie Segura, um, Jacob Segura, um, they were a lot of they were they were the main contacts as well. Um, Lionel um, also. So there was a lot of people that we've played. Um, Swanee soccer with and also played in that Lake Park League with that were really uh, integral in developing that relationship and I'm extremely thankful and hopefully we can have them back next year you know it, there's no telling where, the, where the, the, the event will go so hopefully we can have more games and more games in the future um, in a way that makes sense for people that are attending and ways to raise money um, because unfortunately we are limited to a certain amount of time each, each day we do this but um, but they reached out again this year and wanted to play. Um, it's just that the unique uh, opportunity finally presented itself with Columbia, um, with Carson um, kind of being the main recruiter for that team. Um, so, yeah, we appreciate everything the Lake Park uh, team did. There's definitely there's been four different iterations of guys that have played for that squad. But, you know, those guys have came out and contributed and played us hard every single year. Um, so there's nothing but love and appreciation for everything they've done in the past couple of years with our event. But this year, you know, we really wanted to keep it close to home. Um, and really kind of bring back that rivalry between Live Oak and Lake City and just have a good old-fashioned grudge match that um, <laughs> is played safely um, <laughs> but with some intensity. So Yeah, as, as Hunter and I have said multiple times on this podcast, it's, it's never a bad time to beat Columbia. And, <laughs> and you, know, you know, we might not keep up with W's and L's quite as much as, you know, the current soccer teams actually do. But, yeah, it, it's always fun to – to line up across the purple and gold and get your blood boiling a little, you know, you kind of, you kind of see those colors and, you know, you squint your eyes a little harder and man, you, you just, you, something, something gets going inside you that hasn't happened in quite some time. So again, Absolutely. it's Friday, December 13th, starting at 2 PM at Paul Langford stadium. We will have Swanee alumni versus Columbia alumni. 
Swanee High School varsity versus Swanee alumni. And then we will also have the ladies involved. They will have the ladies SHS varsity versus an alumni program. This year, the sponsor is University of Florida Occupational Therapy Department. So huge shout out to them. Thank you, Cameron, and all your people there for helping pull that together. And it, it's, it's, it's free to attend, right, guys? It, donations are accepted, but it's free to attend. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it's free. It's free to attend, but donations are accepted. Like they were saying, we got food trucks on site, so there will be plenty of food for you guys to just come on out, watch watch some old guys try to play some soccer, and it really it, it's just for a much greater cause. So if you guys are able to come out, and in any any donation would be greatly appreciated. I know Cooper and Cameron, it would it would mean the world to them, and someone like myself who. Very briefly got a chance to to be coached by Coach Claffey and get to know him a little bit as a person. It, it would certainly mean a lot to each one of us, guys. We've been kind of heavy on the on the the who, what, where, when, and why of of the Steve Claffey Memorial Soccer Tournament, but we got a World Cup going on, fellas. How much have y'all enjoyed watching this World Cup? Hey, absolutely, man, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think the uh, the U.S. Men's National Team, right? I I mean, I don't think they let us down at all. You know, our Captain America, Christian Pulisic, you know, I think he showed up and showed out, you know, with, you know, Serginho Dest and Weston McKinney. You know, I think we got a really bright future. And, you know, with the fact that it coming, uh, you know, being staged here in uh, the United States, well, really North America, and Mexico, right. uh, Canada, and the U.S., man, you know, I, I, I'm super hopeful and super optimistic, uh, you know, that we could potentially take it all the way to uh, 2026. So. Nah, man, absolutely super thrilled. I even took off a week of work to watch that first week. So. <laughs> it's so amazing. It, it timed out well with me working for the school district. You get the whole week off for Thanksgiving break. And so that, 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 oh, man, that that was perfect because I, I can't tell you how many personal hours I probably would have taken to make sure I, I could have watched those games. But, yeah, I mean, Cameron, let me get your thoughts. I mean, this, this has been, a, this has been a, an amazing World Cup, I think. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, the U.S. just continuously is developing, and I think that um, you see that, you know, week in and week out in the European leagues. Um, we got guys all over the world that are playing at high levels and playing for very historic clubs and are actually, you know, contributing to historic clubs and playing in, you know, the Champions League and the FA Cup. So, you know, I think the future is bright. I think, you know, we always say that, but I think that we actually <laughs> are taking a real turn in terms of, like, putting some like our, our our best foot forward in the actual world stage of soccer and not just having individual players perform. Um, I don't know if Greg Berhalter is the long-term answer. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe like to see Jesse Marsh in there, the, the current uh, Leeds, right. Leeds manager. Would love that. Um, you know, cause I think that the tempo that Leeds plays with and, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, Tyler Adams and, and Brendan Aronson play week in and week out in Leeds in the Premier League. I don't know. I think that would just be a really good uh, relationship to watch with the men's national team. But, you know, having it here in 2026, you know, because a lot of us, I don't think a lot of us were born the last time it was held in the United States. Um, so, you know, it's a fascinating uh, event to attend. And I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, it's been approved for us because that might give a lot of uh, the younger generation. It's, it's really an opportunity for the love of soccer to continue to build in this country and in North America as well. So, yeah, absolutely, and I, I think there was such a huge opportunity missed out on, you know, f- you know, four years or you know, four and a half years ago, whenever we didn't qualify for Russia, and so the fact that we were able to to get our boys back into it and get out of the group stage and you know, losing to the Netherlands, there's no shame in that. You know, you watch the game, and man, you, you, what what I think is kind of encouraging is we know we didn't play our best soccer that day, 
And so it wasn't like, man, we gave it all that we had and it still wasn't quite good enough. You know, so maybe in a weird way you can say, hey, guys, we didn't play our best brand of soccer that, that particular day. And losing to the Netherlands, you got to bring it. And so there's no shame in losing to the Netherlands, but you, you kind of know you, you could have left a little bit more out there. So I feel like it's encouraging. And, and to me, I don't know about you guys, it really was all about the 2026 cycle. You know, what, what can we get out of this 2022 cycle to get our feet wet, to get some guys used to playing out there in, in, in the biggest stage? But like you said, Cameron, I, it, it's all about 2026 for me and being able to have a good showing, not just in that World Cup, but the fact that we're hosting it and being partial host to it. Man, that just makes it that much special to me. I agree, man. I think that, you know, it's a badge of honor that we had that we fielded the youngest squad in the entire tournament. For sure. and, you know, it played it played extremely well. Um, I just think between now and then we probably should find somebody who could score goals consistently. I yeah. think that, that might be that might be my biggest, you know, recommendation for whoever's whoever's in charge at that time. So they put me in, coach. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Cooper, I've seen you put punch in a few. So yeah, use your speed up top, and we we could, we certainly could do that. Well, my buddy Hunter, you know, I wish he was here to to partake in this conversation. He'd probably be rolling his eyes right now, and you know, checking Twitter or something like that because he kind of he, he somewhat checks out on me, and so I, I have to kind of get him back in line. But just let him know in in your own words, like you know, it's it's the the most beautiful sport to be played. So what is Hunter missing out on by not truly? embracing the soccer culture hey all right hunter first off man it's cooper um you know first off i want to say man you're just missing out on that national pride i mean <laughs> did, i'm sure you know man uh but back when landon donovan scored that goal against algeria man uh, you know there was that twitter or that video going around on youtube at the time and i think it was like 20 separate places just going absolutely insane i can't tell you how many times i've watched that video <laughs> I, mean, I, still, I still i just watched it the other day yeah <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, I was, you know, I was wiping away tears, you know, because we lost. But I, I flipped right to that video, you know, that American pride and that's that love of soccer, and you know, that just the whole, the whole, you know, idea of bring, being able to bring you know the collective together, man, you know, just, just really, you know, <laughs> kind of soften the blow of the loss. But uh, yeah, Hunter, I mean, I'm just saying, man, you got, you got to do it. All right, you got to do it. You're a staple figure for uh, Swanee County, so you, you got to get more involved in the soccer, man. I'm telling you, that's where it's at. <laughs> What about you, Cameron? Anything for him? Yeah, man. I just, you know, that's that's kind of what these events are about, right? It's like breeding, breeding the love for soccer and rural communities, man. I think that that's absolutely that's like a national that's a national thing that should be happening. You know, soccer. You know, every time you see a new MLS team get approved um, to be, you know, to be incepted in in, in, in in a new city, I mean, that's just showing you that the the, the the love for the sport is growing at an exceeding rate because that means that there's that love and there's a market for it in that city. So. Um, I, I would just say, you know, like, unfortunately, football, you know, like, there's other sports that play, you know, nationally in national tournaments. But I think the biggest thing is, like, just being able to be proud of, like, having the American jersey on and represent our country. That's that's pretty much – that's my that's my biggest takeaway from soccer is, like, that love and that be, being able to just wear that – wear the shirt with the flag on it. So, Yeah, you know, something that – Cooper, when you were talking about the, the Landon Donovan goal – and, and reliving that moment, that was one of the questions that Kristen Pulisic was asked whenever he had his goal to make sure that we made it through the knockout stage. And I forgot what reporter it was, but someone kind of asked him somewhere along the lines of what was it like to have that Landon Donovan style moment. And what gave me goosebumps was 
Christian's answer where he's like, well, in all honesty, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, in all honesty, I hope I haven't had that moment because I hope there's more moments to have. And I think that's kind of where you see in that next generation. You know, you hear so much the golden generation of Belgium, you know, eight years ago, whenever we played them or, you know, whatever golden generation you want to say. You can kind of say that this this group right here is, is definitely coming into their own and you can, you know, kind of maybe crown them a golden generation. But it's about elevating that standard that we have with American soccer. And so I think Christian's answer to that question just kind of, in a nutshell, summarizes how this group is like, okay, yeah, we're, we expect to get out of the group stage. We want to play in these big-time matchups. And so I, I just loved his answer because it's kind of, you know, the old Kobe quote, job's not finished, job's not done, why am I smiling? So I, I just loved his answer saying, yeah, that's cool. You know, that was definitely a special moment, but I hope there's more to come from that. And I think that's something within U.S. soccer. We're kind of changing the perception of us, and I think that's the way we take that next step. Next step is not just showing that we belong, but now proving that we belong on a more sustainable level. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, and no, his answer was, that was right on par, man. I mean, that, that just shows that the hunger, man. That he's, he's lifting trophies, he's won big games, he's scored in big games, but yeah, man, to your point, you know, just show, just showing, just showing how you know. Yeah, this is not my, this is not my greatest highlight, right? There's more to come. Uh, you're right. You get it right on the head. I think that's just that shows the hunger and tenacity of that team, and kind of you know, hopefully, where the, the progression of the sports, you know, moving in the United States. So, yeah. I mean, and think about it too. This is a guy that has won a Champions League. So think about that. A guy that a guy that still has that hunger after succeeding at like the highest yeah. level in European soccer. I mean, that's just, just refreshing to hear. So yeah, and had a crucial role in, in some of the key yeah. matchups, you know, versus Real Madrid down the stretch. I mean, it was you oh, know yeah. Chelsea wouldn't have been in a spot that they found themselves in without the play of Christian. I would I would argue so. That's yeah, that, that was awesome to see him make make big moments in, in this club jersey. Now we need to make sure that we get sustainable memories out of the national team jersey. Well, fellas, I really appreciate y'all's time. So, again, this was all for the 7th Annual Steve Claffey Memorial Game. It is sponsored by University of Florida Department of Occupational Therapy. It will be Friday, December 13th at Paul Langford Stadium. First game will kick off right around 2 o'clock. Swanee alumni versus Columbia alumni. Swanee High School Varsity versus Swanee alumni. And then ladies Swanee High School Varsity versus alumni. We will have food trucks on site. There is actually a GoFundMe link. I will get that out to our Sons of Swanee followers on Facebook and on Twitter. So if any of you guys have listened to this interview and feel the need to contribute to that, just find a link and make a donation. Like I said, Cooper and Cameron, all of us will greatly appreciate it. But again, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for doing this for our community and really just enjoyed catching up with, with you guys and talking a little bit of soccer. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Much love to the Swanee County community. We look forward to seeing you guys on December 30th. Good deal. All right, guys. Well, y'all have a good one. All right, man. Take care. So we will try to be back with you next week. We know we got to get to the winter sports. We got to get some interviews. We got to get some coaches in here. We got to find out what's going on. We got to get some wins, man. We got to get some wins. What are that, we going to do? More than anything, we got to get, get some wins. Got to get some wins. And we're going to try to do that. But until next time, go, go dogs. dogs.